In the pit of the Great Depression, with purple dust clouds and grasshopper swarms descending on parched South Dakota, two newlyweds stood at a crossroads in the 1930s. Unable to afford tuition, Hubert Humphrey had dropped out of the University of Minnesota to help his father keep his pharmacy afloat in Huron, South Dakota. They had often accepted hogs and chickens for payment from cash-strapped customers. His father needed him and paid him $15 a week. But Muriel Buck, whom Hubert married in 1936, had higher hopes. Muriel insisted her husband return to college to further his political aspirations. In his 1976 autobiography, Humphrey wrote, Fortunately, in the tug-of-war over my loyalty, Muriel won. He credited the strength of her determination, plus the $675 Muriel had saved as an electric company bookkeeper, for pushing them down the fork in life's road that would include stops as Minneapolis mayor, U.S. senator, and vice president. At critical times in our history, the United States has been blessed by great people who just by being themselves give us a vision of what we are at our best and of what we might become. Hubert Humphrey was such a man. Nearly 40 years ago, in January of 1978, Hubert Humphrey died, and Muriel was appointed to fill his seat for the next 10 months. I don't know of another day that felt quite like this, except the uh, day that Hubert and I were married. Suddenly, and, uh, she stepped out from the shadow of her happy warrior husband to become Minnesota's first female U.S. senator and the only woman in the chamber at the time. Former Vice President Walter Mondale said when Muriel died in 1998, half of what we credit Hubert for, we should credit Muriel, because they were a team from beginning to end. I want somebody to say that Humphrey's ideas are good, and the other one fails, well, I guess I disagree with you, and I want him to argue about my ideas. Because when they start arguing about my ideas, they hold you in respect. They may not vote for you, but you've got them on this substantive argumentative line, and that's what I want. Not whether he's old hat, new hat, whether he can be his own man and all that cheap journalistic bunk. But let's get on with, let's get, us, let's get this argument elevated. Now, we've just got to make it crystal clear. In an early interview in 1960, when Humphrey lost his first Democratic presidential run to John Kennedy. Muriel said, I enjoy campaigning so much I think I should have my head examined. Hubert and I both get a lift out of meeting people. The following political debate between Senator John F. Kennedy and Senator Hubert H. Humphrey is being presented by WCHS-TV, the Charleston Gazette, and the participating stations as a public service. Now, here is the moderator for the debate. She logged more than 650,000 miles campaigning for her husband over the years, while raising four children and shuttling between Washington, D.C. and Minnesota. 
She often sewed her own dresses and was an accomplished pianist and water skier. Their second child, former Minnesota Attorney General Skip Humphrey, said, My mother was a very practical, innovative, and determined woman who always engaged in politics. He said she was a tough lady right there in the conversation. Ever since mom played that key role in demanding dad get back to the University of Minnesota if they were going to move forward. Muriel acknowledged that she was probably a little bit more liberal than her husband. Her 10-month stay in the Senate was no mere caretaker stint. She introduced legislation to combat unemployment and genetic diseases in infants and supported mental health and food programs. Skip Humphrey remembered one family vacation his mother sacrificed in the name of public service. As a board member on a Rockefeller Family Foundation, she'd been offered access to their sprawling ranch near the Grand Tetons in Wyoming in 1978. Her son said, I got a call, and she told me to get my family out there and she'd meet us in the Tetons. Well, we waited and waited, but she never made it. It ended up she was sleeping on a cot in the halls of Congress, waiting for a vote on the Panama Canal Treaty. With one vote to spare, the treaty was approved. Panama won control of the canal, which would remain neutral. We are here to participate in the signing of treaties which will assure a peaceful and prosperous and secure future for an international waterway of great importance to us all. But the treaties do more Muriel toyed with the idea of running for the Senate beyond 1978, but decided against it out of her own health concerns and a potential DFL primary clash. Muriel said, if I had run, I think I would have won. But the last two years have been very hard on all of us, especially me. The next year, Muriel returned to South Dakota to dedicate an airport in Huron. She learned that childhood friend Max Brown, a retired Nebraska radio executive, had recently become a widower. They met in Wilmer and were married in 1981 at her Excelsior home on Lake Minnetonka. Both were 68 years old. She said, I think if you've had a good first marriage, you're likely to have a good second one, too. Splitting time between Excelsior and Florida, she stepped out of the limelight as Muriel Humphrey Brown. Skip Humphrey said she had a different but marvelous life with Max, and she just loved Florida. He ended with a story recalling how his father wanted to attend every embassy reception in Washington as a senator to learn more about international relations. Skip said she couldn't afford to buy all the dresses and hats she needed. When dinner was over at 6.30, we'd clear the table and out would come the dress patterns and she'd start cutting and sewing. As second lady in 1965, she told a New York fashion reporter that she'd always suppressed a desire to enter one of her homemade dresses in a Vogue magazine contest, 
but for political reasons, chose not to. And for Muriel Buck, Humphrey Brown, there were always political reasons to consider. I'm very proud today, very honored, to present to Mrs. Muriel Humphrey Brown the Congressional Gold Medal for Distinguished Service to the Federal Government in honor of the great happy warrior, Hubert Horatio Humphrey. Thank you, Mr. President, so very, very much, not only for presenting the medal, but that most beautiful message and summation of Hubert's goals and life. And you don't have to sell your soul, but you do occasionally have to take a little note of what the other guy's doing and give him a little attention. To get a surer sense of his real dimensions, one must speak of his nature his character, his personality. There was in Hubert Humphrey a great joy of life and a truly buoyant civility. He was robust and energetic. He loved the battle. He was warm and affectionate. He was hearty and spirited, and he was nothing if not effusive. It's a mixture, a kind of a sensible mixture of self-protection on the one hand and social progress on the other. And this is a typically American pragmatic approach. We children and wife and friends planned Hubert's funeral. It was not a funeral ceremony that we planned. It was a celebration of his life. I met with four militants yesterday out in St. Paul. They think that you're playing games with them. They don't think that you're really listening to them. Because most of the time when we get with them for the first half hour, they're so abusive in their anger that you don't want to listen any longer. But I took an hour with them, and after 30 minutes, we started to communicate. The first 30 minutes, they poured out their vitriol on me. And I just sat there and took it, because maybe that was only 30 minutes of humiliation I had to take. They may be taking it for 20 years. For On Minnesota History, I'm Jennifer Johnson. I said to them, look, don't try to destroy the law by violence, because you're not going to win. If you think the law is unjust, and we have reason to believe that it's unjust, or being unjustly and inequitably enforced, then there's only one thing for you to do. We need to get together. I can be your instrument for an honorable democratic procedural change, because that's why we preserve the right of dissent in this country. That's why we believe that you must respect the right of a minority. And I think I made a sale. On Minnesota History is a podcast based on the work of journalist Kurt Brown, whose column appears each Sunday in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. But there's never been a government that has done as much for the poor and never been a government that's done as much in the field of civil rights as this one. Never, never, never. And it will be in history.